0: hey everybody i'm bobby salveson
1: and i'm michael monaco and together we are the hazmat guys connecting the hazmat community near and far with knowledge insight and real world examples in an effort to make your job just a little bit easier and safer
0: now let's take a minute to hear from today's sponsors Hey Mike, pop quiz, what is the standard go-to method
1: for emergency decon? Uh, That's pretty easy, wet decon, right?
0: Well, you know, you're not the only one that may be thinking that, but it's actually dry decon.
1: No, 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 no. How many times have I heard dilution is the solution to pollution? or actually
0: too many, and that's the issue. Makes sense if you think about it. Without the use of water, we don't need to spend extra time setting up traditional showers or pools, and there's no waste water afterwards. And you're not going to freeze anybody to death if it's below 60 degrees.
1: Check out firstlinetech.com slash drydecon. First Line Technology has a whole webpage dedicated to the methodology and links to plenty of dry decon resources. See for yourself why dry decon with FiberTech should be your go to immediate decon solution.
0: Let's get to the show.
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Hazmat Guys. I'm Michael Monaco, always here with me. Yes. Yes. Mr. Yes. Hello, Mr. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. That's it. That's all I got. Um, it's all It's all good. It's You know what? There's so much stuff going on. And I mean that. Like, everybody goes, oh, there's so much stuff going on. And there's so many things happening. And there are seriously some pivotal things that are happening in the background right now as we speak these words. And I'll give you one. And and I I don't want to discount this one, okay. Because this is a pretty big one. Um, by the time you listen to this, we have partnered up officially with Unmanned Tactical Group, which is the premier drone hazmat instructional group nationally.
1: Yes. Yes. And they're bringing their stuff literally the cutting edge of emerging technology within the hazmat world
0: oh my god i I, again i don't want to say oh i want to take the class i seriously want to take the class because this is like nerd level 95
1: yeah yeah
0: i really want to take it i seriously whenever they're local whenever they're delivering a class so if you're interested in drone hazmat or what maybe they can do for you contact us uh, you for right now you can send it to me at the at com, and uh, get in on this because I hope you are local to me because I'm coming to crash the class.
1: <laughs> I I think uh, we definitely should have them on at some point in the near future to oh, really no, give it. a really a, a really rundown. good rundown of how did I not what, think of that <laughs> of what is it? that's why this seriously
0: <laughs> no dude that's I, yeah I want the dude they sent me the sizzle reel. Uh, their drones like flying all types of operations. I'm like, holy crap. I have a drone. I can't do anything like that.
1: My kid's got a little helicopter drone like thing. That's oh it. All God. you can do is smash into his sister's face with it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you, <laughs> and you can probably, you can probably like, uh, I, I think they get you like the license and the whole. I don't know much about it. So I don't want to speak much about what they do and do not do, but I know. That if you have a Hazmat program and you have some uh, needs for this thing, this is where you got to go. So come to and, and speak to me, please. I'll I'll get you their info and we will get you hooked up with the best. So um, with that being said, I <clears throat> I just got back from Midwest, hanging out with my peeps out in uh, Midwest Hazmat conference, and Mike is currently yes. right as this this recording is in, in cold zone.
1: zone. Yes had a phenomenal no it's not very cold it's actually quite quite beautiful out uh but uh you know nice hotel great again always cold zone is always just one of those you know tight-knit uh little communities great great uh great classes they got uh guys here like uh ron huffman uh you know he's he's out there doing his propane iq stuff so Uh, Not propane IQ. Oh wow! I just—he's gonna kill me for that one. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, Rod. His his propane class that is not propane IQ. uh, Yes. But uh, he runs an absolutely phenomenal class. Uh, We had batteries going off. We were we were having a great time today. So tons
0: of battery stuff, and so yeah, dude. (laughs) There's a lot of stuff going on. Um, great stuff going on. So, and I'm really I'm hoping. I'm hoping this all works out because if this works out, oh lordy lord, are we going to be able to bring you some amazing stuff? There footage. Is something that's just
1: huge. Just footage alone would be absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the, they're literally the capabilities of drones on a regular basis is just Oh, it's getting, that. oh what are you talking about? The big one.
0: I can't talk big, about it
1: yet. Yeah, no, we can't talk about the big, big one. I mean, we've got lots of little things happening. We're have got we we're, we're partnering up with uh, with a, 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 a company to give us some meters for our classes so that we can oh, have, yeah. you know, like when we go and actually do the modular metering classes, we're not just relying yeah. on, you know, the departments. Oh, hey, we have three meters. Uh, now we're bringing a whole cadre of meters so everybody in the class can be doing stuff with the meters at the same time. It's exciting. We got this stuff going on on every angle.
0: I love it. So, without any further ado... Okay.
1: Your curiosity is piquing you today. I am,
0: because you told me, and you're like, oh, we're going to talk about this, and I'm like... Oh,
1: we're, yes. So, so, Bob goes, what are we talking about today? I said, interview questions. And he's like, who are we interviewing? And I go, exactly. Thanks. So... We don't have anybody else coming on. We've done tons and tons of interviews in the past. And yes. uh, I had a, a cousin of mine who's in a high school level, like a, a journalism class, and called me up and said, hey, listen, can I, can I interview you? And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. What is it, like a career day type thing? His questions were really good. And I sat there thinking, we should, we should interview ourselves. Ooh. because it's kind of Ooh. there's some there's some interesting kind of questions that we would be able to answer uh, and and just kind of, I don't know, kind of go from there. It was kind of, it's kind of a, a of a cool, fun topic today. They're not really learning anything specific. We're not diving in anything deep. It's just kind of one of those those fun type of a thing. So. All
0: right,
1: let's do it. I love it. All right. OK, so let me just bring up the questions that he had sent me. OK, so question number one what inspired you bobby to be a hazardous materials first responder and what do you find most rewarding about your work i take the fifth (laughs) i take the one what made you what made you come over because so so bobby's backstory is he was in squad 288 which was right next to hazmat for a good number of years, very good number of years. And then one day had an epiphany to come over to the other side. So Uh, yours has got to be more interesting The reason
0: why is because I had to pretend I didn't have a chemistry degree. Okay. And I had, because they would never let me stay in a fire company with that, especially in that firehouse. And so I kept it quiet for, whatever 13 years or 12 years and then i i i said all right it's time to kind of come out of the closet if you would um and i said hey you know what i have this and they're like oh you gotta go over there and it was honestly it was probably the best thing i ever did because i got to do all the fire i wanted to do and i I was in special operation which we saw a lot of a lot of fire um, especially when I was there, like, you know, it's, I, I don't want to say it's, it's kind of calmed down, but it it, I don't think it's currently where it was when I came over and, uh, I got a lot of experience and I have a lot of stuff, but you know, I almost had to put it to the back bench in order to come over there and, uh, and give it my all to hazmat and kind of pick up
1: another career. Okay. So then what do you find most rewarding about your work?
0: Rewarding.
1: Yeah. Jeez. I
0: you know what? Actually, uh, I got it. you know what? I, I'll give you one. I, I see in I when I see instructors saying the things I say, which means I directly or indirectly taught them as students, mm-hmm. and they through promotion or whatever, got to the point of instructors. And now I'm sitting in their class and I'm like, boy, that's weird. That's exactly how I present that. And I'm like, "And I'm at the beginning, I'm like, why are they saying it the way I say it? Come on, that's not cool. And then I'm like, that's awesome. Right. That's right. awesome that they're saying it almost in the same. And they're saying, like, I really appreciate when they take my idea and they go off on another tangent. And I'm like, oh, I like how you linked that one. That's a nice one. If they just do rote, you know, feedback, I'm like, "Eh." yeah,
1: yeah. So my uh, my answer is along the same line. So I'll start back to the first one. Right. How did I get kind of involved in it? Yeah. Um, So mine is actually uh, I I wasn't really inspired to do hazardous materials work. Uh, I was Shanghai'd into hazmat company <laughs> one uh and i tell this to people now especially people that are trying to get to the company and they're like what do you mean you did an interview what do you mean they just told you to go over so i had about uh i had almost three years on the job and i get a phone call from a very good friend of mine the uh he was a uh, Captain Tony Tricarico. Do you? Does, does, if yeah, the name, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he he calls me up. He's the whole reason why I took the test anyway. And he was going to get me to come over to, to, to one of the squads. And uh, he's like, listen, he's like, I'm on a ski slope right now with a, an, a lieutenant from Hazmat One. And he wants to talk to you. And I'm like... Trick, I don't want to talk to, to, to anybody like I don't even want them to know who I am or what I am because I didn't didn't have any interest in going. So I talked to the lieutenant for about 45 minutes. He's he's on top of a ski mountain and and we're talking in bullshit. And he kind of ends the conversation with, well, do you think it's something you'd like to, to try at some point? And I said, you know what, Lou? Yes, I absolutely one day would like to try it. When I went into work the next tour, there was a detail slip for me to go to Hazmat One. <laughs> and that yeah. was it. There was there was no there was no interview. There was no so I really wasn't inspired. I was Shanghai, um, but I did. In I do enjoy the work tremendously. And as far as what is most and satisfying to me, like what what part really brings joy, uh, is it's twofold with the actual job itself. It's figuring out the puzzle. Right. And then taking these complex thoughts and breaking them down very simplistically, which kind of lies right into the teaching aspect where I really enjoy seeing that aha moment on a student's face where we kind of like are going through things and it clicks and they get it. And then they're like, oh, I understand what you're saying. I like that. Yeah, that yeah. to me is probably one of the the ones. All right, so question number two, he asked, how do you and your team prepare for responding to hazardous materials incidents, and what safety measures do you take to protect yourself and others?
0: I don't take any safety things for myself or others. I, I assume everybody's kind of doing your own thing. I don't really, <laughs> I don't really get ready. Like, I just kind of like... Oh my, you know what? That's a really weird one. That's going to sound really weird, but um, I never really got ready. I mean, I got dressed, but I didn't get ready like, okay, let me psych myself up. This is a big one. You're going to be called on to do some d- dastardly tasks. And I'm like, I just sat there. I didn't look at my phone. I didn't zone out. But I, d- I will say I did think about the operations, but I was very reluctant to open my mouth. Like I don't know if it was the senior guy thing where you like you just listen to the kids talking for a little while. But it was definitely like a um I didn't really speak a lot when mm. I was going in, unless it was a brand new guy that I could see was rattled, and I'd be like, all right, this is how we're gonna do this, and then we'll I can't tell you anymore because we don't know what's coming up.
1: Right that was it. Yeah. So I, I took a, a larger approach to the answer to the question. And I, I kind of more went back to, well, like you said, right, we can't prepare for the upcoming run that we have no idea is coming. So we have to always kind of like be prepared for everything. And that's just a matter of continuously, you know, uh, training and drilling and talking over various runs and learning from previous experiences and, and picking apart everything that we've done in the past to try to, you know, do better for the future. That was kind of my... How I answered that question, because you're you're right. We can't we can't plan for the thing that we don't no. know is coming. And there
0: was there was this one guy that would they'd be like, all right, when we get there, we're going to do this because this is going to happen. And then we're going to get that and we're going to do this. And we're like, how do you know that? And then we'll look at him like and you can look it through his eyes and say, he's seen this movie in his head. Right, And I don't know if that movie really going to play
1: out, but like it never he, does. in his
0: mind, it's happening right now.
1: Right. In fact, I think those are even da- more dangerous situations. Like when you pre-play in your head what yeah. you're about to do, you're not responding to the moment in front of you. You're literally acting out what you already think right. you should be doing.
0: That's where you're going to get that confirmational bias. But like, well, in my m- mind's mo- movie, um, it was a base and so, therefore, when my pH paper goes red, I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah.
1: In the movie, it was a base. Right. Or you shut down and you don't know how to proceed because you already assume, you know, you were like, right. oh, well, I, I'm stuck. I don't know what the hell I'm doing next. I, yeah, I already made this happen.
0: So, yeah, dude, I don't know. I Like, I never really got into the whole, I let the scene unroll, un- unfurl in front of me and I, I didn't get too wrapped into the weeds.
1: Yeah, I that. was I always tried to keep a, a flow like water, you know, go with the because go with the had, change, see what happens.
0: We had one where we were assuming things like right off the bat. And I remember this um, pretty strongly. Like, I don't know if I ever told this on on, on the air, but we uh, brand new covering captain who is the current captain now. Okay, and uh, we were I was cooking bacon. And, you know, and a run comes in and we get in the the rig and we we go to Manhattan to a gifted high school. And when we get to the gifted high school, we get there and everybody has blisters on. So like, wow, that's weird. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, well, we think Joey um, poisoned the school. And he was a gifted child, and he was poisoned. So we're looking around, we're like, and none of the meat is going on for anything, but they say he threw this into the the uh, the compactor, and they pulled the compactor bag out, and it was just leaves. And I'm like, huh? So we're looking at it, and one guy who's a landscaper goes, "That's poison ivy." So what apparently Joey did was he took the bag of poison ivy and he rubbed it all over the 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 doorknob and the right, desk right. of the teacher to in fact okay fine go back to the flies now again we were pretty close we were i was on entry and i take off the gloves and i'm like holy crap i have blisters all over my hand and <laughs> now the camera's like holy yeah he's like did you wear gloves i'm like we did gloves we did this and i'm thinking and i'm like and then all of a sudden i go you know, I was cooking bacon and it was <laughs> splattering pretty hard. He's like, "Oh, you dick!" And that's exactly what it was. It was it was grease fat burns on my hands. Is That oh my god! But let me tell you, it was a big deal. And uh, in that anyway, moment,
1: it was huge. Yeah, because it, all of your training, all of your PPE, it all it failed. Like, if WMD, were, it was,
0: right. uh, you know, like it was something that was a uh, you know it was going to be. um Give me a reaction and like you like a bee sting and the whole thing. Oh my god, it was bad. But we do these stupid things. Yeah,
1: every every once in a while. All right. Can you describe a particularly challenging incident that you responded to? How did you and the team overcome the challenges that you faced? Oh, go with yours i'm gonna think about mine so i'm gonna say probably one of the more challenging runs that i was on was the report of a um some kind of a chemical warfare attack on a school (laughs) and we understood what it was right we understood that this was probably something like a stink bomb right Mm -hmm. but everybody had gotten so hyped up That the kids all started freaking out, which means the teachers all started freaking out. And then, when the, and you know, in this day and age, everyone's got their cell phones on them. By the time we got there, parents are already responding to the scene. They're freaking out, the principal's freaking out. And we are trying really hard to explain to everybody that this is nothing, but everybody's showing these signs and symptoms of, you know, accelerated heart rate, difficulty breathing you know, watery eyes and this and that. And it was literally absolutely nothing. Like the challenge was the fact that everybody wanted it to be something and it was nothing. And we had to try to convince, you know, very, very, very high up, you know, battalion, not battalion chief, but like deputy chiefs, three, four star chiefs. um, the, The media was outside, you know, uh, Uh, representatives from the community board are showing up. This was a big deal to everybody, but absolutely nothing was going on. And I would have to say of everything that I've been on, that was the most challenging of the runs because not only did I have to try to explain to every person, every step of the way, what was going on, but try to convince them that – Everything that they were seeing, feeling, and tasting didn't exist.
0: Hey, listeners, the Hazmat Guys have some great news for you and your organization. We are really stepping up our brand of in-person training in addition to the great content you get on demand. Now, we know what you're thinking, but this is already incredibly great stuff, and how could it possibly get better? All I can say is wait until we're in front of you when we gather the best of the best from across this planet and even beyond and assemble an instructional cadre that is seriously second to none and now we have a ton of ways to help you your team or your organization get to a level that makes everybody proud from subscriptions on demand hybrid methods to full in-person goodness you can contact me, Bob, at the to schedule a call and find a solution that works for you. And every participant of an in-person class gets a free one-year premium subscription, which sounds pretty good. Hmm. So contact me at Bob at the and get some more information. <laughs> I had something that they thought and it was it was a total again this just tells you about people is you know we had this uh midtown manhattan um high-rise where like two floors of the same company were feeling ill everybody's got nausea they got headaches they got vomiting they got this and it goes on and on so we're like all right carbon monoxide we go down to the basement yeah it is like five five parts a million which listen everybody Five parts a million in a high-rise or a building, that's nothing. Right. Like, in a, in a house, eh, maybe. But in a boiler room that's the size of, like, a town in some si- states, it's not a big deal. So we're going through and we're pulling our hair out because everybody's in the street. There's hundreds of ambulances, and I'm not joking, hundreds of ambulances. It's okay. July. It's beautiful. And we're like, all right. We have to go talk to these people. So I start going to one person. I said, what do you feel? They're, oh, we got a headache. And we go to second, the third, the fourth, the fifth. And they're all giving the exact same symptoms. Almost the exact same story. And I'm like, something's fishy here. Like, nobody had their own take. It was almost like they were reading it off the palm of their hand. Like, I'm Were like,
1: they next to each other when you were asking? They were asking- the same company. Uh, and it, it
0: was a beautiful summer morning. And so finally, I go to the desk. I go, you're a straight shoot." He goes, yeah, well, I kind of like, I'm like, are you guys all taken off so you can go to the beach? They're like, how'd you know about that? <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> gotcha. So it turns out they were all faking the symptomology in order to go home. And so the whole company can go to the beach and wow. enjoy the day.
1: That's phenomenal. That is absolutely yep. phenomenal, and I'm
0: talking. It was like this is like a like a like a, a mob. This is like 200 <laughs> people that were doing this. It was a lot. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. All right,
1: that sucked. Whatever. Anyway, all right. So next question. Next question is going to be an an easy answer. I'm I'm doing it right now. You just came back from doing it. Yes. How do you stay up to date on the latest hazardous materials response techniques and technology? And what role does ongoing training and education play in your work? Constant, constant. I mean, we I know I keep up on the latest technology by teaching and training and going to various departments, finding out what they have, coming to conferences like like where we're sitting right now, talking to other people, sitting in on other classes, learning as much as I can about the latest stuff.
0: Yeah, but I'm not even like I'll read books. And pick up stuff and and read articles and 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 push back on things and get corrected. And uh, like when you're when you're not plugged into the system where you're constantly being barraged with newer and later and greater things, the worst thing is to get into your own head and be like, well, I got it. Because that's going to devolve to a point where you're ineffective as an instructor or an educator or just as a go-to guy. And so what I would say is, like, uh, the fundamentals don't change, but technology moves on. And technology, it has not. Technology is moving on at an insane rate. Like, the fact that you're out for a year or two from the fire service or police or EMS, you're irrelevant,
1: right a, a, a thousand percent so just to give you an idea and this is this is research that i'm doing for an upcoming topic on a show right yeah. what is uh the what is the the latest emerging technologies in hazmat here's some of the top the top ones okay. mobile laboratories drones which happens to be something that <laughs> all right augmented reality technology yeah you see the wearable sensors simulation and modeling
0: i can see all of them they're all just itching to come to the front and i think the last couple are like right there
1: yeah they don't even exist right we leave the firehouse not a single one of these exists in the firehouse and it is totally possible that five years from now augmented reality could be a realistic situation. Drones are are a realistic situation and not just for training. Like literally you could have augmented reality that is feeding the entry team information as they're coming in. Right. Spotting things that you can't spot, uh, highlighting potential hazards, seeing things that maybe our eye or our brain doesn't won't recognize as a situation. Uh, Training purposes for augmented reality, I think, is going to be huge. So how do we stay on top of it? We have to actively seek it out.
0: Yeah. And if you're not in the actively seeking it out role, seriously reconsider what the hell you're doing, because. You're, you're relegating yourself to the basics, which, hey, you know, we need some people in the basics, but if you want to stay as a... Mul- Everybody's got the basics, but if you want to stay relevant in multi things, you got to have the basics and the current events. And that's really hard to do. Like, you have to actively be seeking out fresh new content, seeking out people That are going to give you new perspectives, yep. And you know, not resting on your laurels and being like, "Well, uh, you know, that's not how it was when I was on the job, kid." Nobody cares what it was like when you were on the job, kid.
1: Right. Which actually, funny enough, leads into question number seven. Oh, hell! Nice segue. You don't even have the questions in front of you. Eh. How how has the field of hazmat response evolved during your career? What do you think the future the future holds for this important work?
0: I. I don't think it involved very much in my career. Um, I was only there for when you say it 12 years in Hazmat one. I mean in Hazmat since 9/11, which is when I I guess I got into real Hazmat um, it changed a lot like the the you know we've gotten much better. I, I you know what the biggest thing I'll say is our suit selection.
1: Suit selection. I, our our huge. meters ramen technology came into existence during yep. my career um FTIR F-I-R. got better uh there are the GCMS got mass a specs. lot better the mass specs right the high pressure mass specs uh yes you're right PPE selection has changed decon has oh, yeah. completely been revamped in the time of our career. We've seen a, a, a just a, literally a, a total yeah. redo of, of how decontamination is done. The thought process on selecting PPE has Even evolved. Since the mode
0: been... of of accepting
1: information.
0: This podcast was invented during our careers. True. Like this wasn't. I and guys, I for those of you that are listening to us. I hate to pat myself on the back, but what was the methodology of accepting brand new information on a global scale prior to 2015, November 2015? There was none. Seriously, I mean, there's a lot of people that poked the the you know the clouds and stuff like that, but nobody would put it together. Oh and, my god!
1: And, we and we got ridiculed oh. for. Oh by God. by very high end, very respectable oh, people in the hazmat they hated community. Hated us. Where are literally. They. I remember somebody saying, "Who gives you the authority to talk about this?" Yeah. They hated us. Still, still. still. Well, I'm not, I'm not
0: gonna say still. They, well, they, it's our personality. I yeah.
1: And the second part of that question, we kind of already answered by what the future holds. Like we just kind of listed five things right off the bat that, that the future holds. So, all right. Last question. Where are we for timing? I wasn't keeping track of time here. 27. Oh, nice. Perfect. All right. Uh, Since we've both are, have left the field um, and we kind of, when we sit and we talk to the new guys, remember we had those, those new guys episodes. Yes. Um, what advice would you give someone who's interested in becoming a hazardous materials first responder? What qualities do you think are essential for success in the field?
0: Aggressiveness. And I'm not in talking about regards? just aggressive. Well, I'm I'm saying aggressiveness in like I'm going to take a leadership role in this scene because somebody has to, and also aggressiveness mm-hmm. in your your education, where you have to be like nobody's going to spoon feed this. If you don't pick up a spoon, you're not, you're not going to go anywhere. Right. And so, like aggressive, aggressive, and I mean that really strongly. Aggressive consumption of information. On a, not a, not just like, oh, just when I'm working, if you want to get really good, like, you know, somebody asked me this at the Midwest Conference. They stopped me in the hallway and they go, if I want to get really good, how do I do it? I go, be reading aggressively when you're not on her fire, at the firehouse. Like, when you're home, you're doing hazmat. When you're at, you know, on the way, you're doing hazmat. When you're at the firehouse, you're doing hazmat. When you don't take time off, you will be exceptionally good.
1: Yeah. So I kind of break that down a little bit different. And I say, ask why until it doesn't make any sense.
0: <laughs> I so like that. If, you're, if you're
1: constantly asking why, right? Like, so like, like radiation. Okay. Well, where does radiation come from? Well, radiation comes from unstable nuclei. Why? Okay. Well, they're, they're unstable because of X, Y, and Z. Okay. Well, why? Right? right. Like if you keep asking yourself why you're able to then take the information and a good has like a person who's gonna advance the, the field of hazardous materials is not just gonna wanna know why this happens, right? They're gonna wanna know the next level of understanding. How, what makes that tick? And when you do that enough, you start to be able to develop a foundation that allows you to think outside the box because you can troubleshoot what doesn't make sense because you have an Mm. understanding of why actually things are doing what they're doing. So you can turn around and be like, okay, this generalization that I thought I understood from hazmat class, it fails under this circumstance, but I know the actual reason why this happened. So let me try to surmise what's going on. I like that. I like
0: that. All right, guys. Well, right. Uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully the next major, ins- uh, you know, the next major release will be uh, by next week.
1: Yeah, talking about drones, maybe, maybe.
0: Well, that wraps up another episode of the Hazmat guys. You can find us at Facebook, Twitter, and our YouTube channel, and don't be afraid to use that like or follow button.
1: Or you can sign up for even more content from us at theHazmatGuys.com. Here, you can subscribe so that we can connect you to even more great stuff. Your support is going to help us improve and build this awesome community even more.
0: Yeah, and if you want to get to the next level, you won't want to miss our premium content. Our specialist level provides you with access to our entire catalog of shows, which is now over 300, an exclusive Facebook group, premium video with no ads, and so much more. Also, check the Hazmat Guys University link on our website.
1: And don't forget, we are always interested in hearing about incidences or calls that you have experienced. We may bring you on the show to share that story reach us at feedback at the hazmatguys.com and
0: remember folks don't just get on the job get into the job